Welcome to the I-29 Moo U Dairy Podcast. I-29 Moo University is a consortium of land-grant universities in Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. This podcast covers timely news, information, and research for today's dairy industry. So on this episode of the I-29 Moo University Dairy Podcast, we'll be discussing value-added dairy processing on-farm with the own one of the co-owners of the Farm Life Creamery at Ethan, South Dakota, Laura Clock. And we're going to learn about its importance in growing the dairy industry. I'm Tracy Erickson, SDSU Extension Dairy Field Specialist. And co-hosting today with me is Fred Hall, Northwest Iowa Dairy Specialist for ISU Extension. As I said, we're joined here today by Laura, and I'd like to welcome you. And Fred, so let's ever give everybody a good hello. Hello. Thanks Greetings. For Greetings. You know, Laura, as we started our conversation here, getting online today, you know, you were talking about life and its busyness and you've got in the background the Farm Life Creamery going on um, with your banner and stuff. So tell us a little bit about what is Farm Life Creamery. Well, Farm Life Creamery is exactly that. Right now we do small batch artisan cheese. We are on farm but the dairy or the milking facility is about three miles down the road. So, and that's Chad's parents. So we haul the milk from their farm over here. But what we are is an attempt to allow them to keep farming, dairy farming. Um, Chad, when I met Chad about four years ago, he had just quit his full-time job to go back to the family farm. He's the oldest son. His parents have been milking cows for 50 years, you know, their entire life together and, and grew up with it before that. And he quit his job, went to the farm, and the milk prices dropped about $4 a hundred. And I found myself sort of in the middle of their family discussions, really just listening. His mom really had this dream. She kept bringing up creamery, creamery. And I'm sort of a serial entrepreneur. That's my background, but um, grew up in Wisconsin. So I feel like I've been around, you know, there was a dairy farm every five miles. I lived out in the country. So, you know, definitely was around all of it, but I didn't grow up and immersed in it like they have. And so I have a little bit of experience with like, you know, working with, um, grants uh, with the GOED, you know, the Small Business Development Center, just some things like that. So we just started, actually, Tracy, you were one of the first people we met. We went on a tour. <laughs> Chad and I got on the bus and just, uh, uh, we went to Stenslands. We checked out some other farms and you know, that's really how it started. So that's kind of the quick, quick and yeah. dirty there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it was kind of cool because I remember thinking back to when uh, Fred and I don't, you've not had the chance. They were probably one of the first robot barns in South Dakota. And I remember going down to the farm and taping and doing a, you know, a video about robotic dairying at that time. And this wasn't even on the plate yet, like you said. No. And so, you know, I think about that, you know, in the push, was it just the the low milk prices that kind of pushed you guys into this or was there just like well, you said you know, a few other things i wasn't here for the whole uh switching to robots but i really do feel like chad's parents instead of making everything entirely easier it changed the business so it was a different skill set needed different sort of help different kinds of maintenance and i don't think it ended up really being as easy as they thought it was going to be they dealt with some stray voltage issues at first and i mean and that was a huge investment so 
yeah, you know, the prices just got low and stayed low and they didn't want to quit. I mean, they don't want to quit being dairy farmers, but uh, they're in their sixties. And, you know, I sat there listening to this and it's like, man, I can't say I went to quit a long time ago based financially on how things were going. And they had made this huge investment in the robots. And so I really just heard that hope and that not wanting to leave and not wanting to see another little farm die. And there's really not a lot of them in South Dakota. So, you know, we're one of the maybe two or three that are in, you know, in South Dakota that are doing what we're doing. So I didn't realize at the time that we're sort of groundbreaking and we've had a lot of people looking to us now, you know, which, um, which I love. I, you know, you got to pay it forward. We learned some things the hard way. So they just didn't want to quit. So really the only way to survive was sell and be done and cut your losses and, or make your own product. So I learned really quickly about value-added uh, ag group. Um, you know, got involved with Sherry Rath and just anyone, you know, the some of the inspectors, like uh, one of them was retiring. And right when we and SDSU was a huge help and just tried to learn and tour and see what other people were doing. You know, it wasn't as uncommon where I'm from. So when I went home to visit my mom a couple of times, like I went to a couple of the small cheese plants and just to see what was going on. But during that process, we found out about Valley side farm cheese. And I don't know if we would have found them if we hadn't just tried to network. And that was a small on-farm artisan cheese company and she was considering selling. So we weren't going to do cheese first. We wanted to do ice cream and milk and build this big building. And, but when we met the Swansons, Chris and Scott Swanson, we had the opportunity to kind of rent their facility. She was going to teach us hands-on and in hindsight, I'm really glad we started smaller like that. We ended up retrofitting and we're on, this was a dairy farm that had been here for a hundred years, the old Miller Dairy in Ethan. So uh, we retrofitted the milk parlor into our cheese cave and where the bulk tank was is where our make room is and learned from them, drove back and forth. It was 70 miles each way, but she had done a lot of training. So we were learning on the equipment we were going to have. And we also acquired some of her inventory. So we have some eight-year cheddar here that's fun. People love that, you know. So that, I mean, again, in a nutshell, that's the quick and dirty because obviously there's always more to the story. But um, I feel really blessed that we ran across them and were able to – cheese is tougher. It's more to learn. You know, investment-wise, we learned some things about uh, processing bottled milk and ice cream versus cheese talked to John Habercorn there at SDSU, came down there, toured you got that plant. Some of it happened, some of it was just through us learning, and we've only been in this facility since last October, so we ended up driving back and forth to Crooks for about a year. We had hoped that would be a six-month, but that's the way things go. <laughs> last year it was two floods, this year it's COVID, so there's been moments where we're like... <laughs> totally picked the wrong time to do this but <laughs> some of the folks who are listening today aren't very familiar with you yeah. guys so kind of tell us organically how many cows okay tell the cows that kind of stuff okay so gary and amy blaze which are my business partner chad blaze's parents so it's their fan we make small batch artisan cheese from the family's holstein herd they went on, you know, years, 
few years ago, they had about 450 cows in their herd, but they have been downsizing as we're ramping up. And so our goal is to use all their milk. We pay a premium for their milk and they don't, they don't have to pay pickup fees and all that kind of stuff from us. So they are milking about 100 cows right now. We aren't using all that milk yet. So we go pick up, we can do 600 gallons at a time on our pickup trailer and we haul it three miles over here. So that's what we do there, all Holsteins. We have the young stock on our place. So um, we're actually creating a farm experience here where you can come and, you know, touch a little cow. And <laughs> I've been allowed to add a llama and a donkey and some goats and a pig. So we really are opening it up to that, welcoming schools, welcoming tours. We've been working with South Dakota on the agritourism. Am I getting off on a tangent? Is there something else you want well, to Well, I was just—I was just kind of thinking about that, you know, when yeah. you were saying with the farm life experience and stuff, and that's pretty important, you know. And and I know where you're located. You're not far off the interstate from Mitchell, no, South Dakota, down there. But you know, tell me—is there been really any eye-opening experiences with the public coming to your operation? Any kind of unique comments that you? witnessed or aha moments in doing this that well this is pretty cool but maybe I should have done it this way you know just anything like that I've been nervous about it we honestly just put our open signs out big flags 20-foot flags out last week and we've gotten people stopping in almost every day but I was really scared about that and we um, just because you only get that one chance to make a first impression and people that are on the farm all the time and live on the farm, you know, things like manure and, you know, things broke a door falling off a building. Those kind of things don't, they're fine. I, my oldest daughter owns a business up in Mitchell and she's been kind of my, I'm like, come down. And then I just listen to what she says because the first time she visited the, the milking facility, you know, she brought something up about, the manure and you know does that get into our milk and you know just things like that so it really has been a gauge for me that the public doesn't understand those things so the agritourism conferences and talking to other people that are other farms that have opened themselves up to tours and you know around the area and liability and that you can block off areas that the public isn't allowed to go into that kind of thing so nervous, but now that we've done it, the comments have been amazing. Because literally, it's kind of the most intimidating thing for people, I think, is they feel like they're pulling into our house, our yard, which they are. We live here, right here. <laughs> but since then, like literally, right now, we're moving some buildings out of the way, and we took some poles down in the middle and just creating a nice big area so the trucks can turn around and the buses can come in. And so that's this beautiful weather has allowed us to dig into some of our spring projects right now. So we're taking advantage of that. It's been, it's a very humble facility. It's very clean, required to be all of that, but it's small. We're not a big manufacturer. We have, our equipment is humble. You can walk in, we put windows in the doors where you can see us making cheese or we have a single head bottler. We will be bottling soon. And, you know, I was worried about that too, but all the comments have been positive so far and especially when we we've tested on our friends that have kids and bring your kids out and you know we've got all our animals trained now to come up for a treat and the goats will come up and you know and like even just the cats there's a there's a lot of um 
there's a lot of kids these days that just have never even had that experience of coming out to the country and you know and the cows are right here i mean when we're making cheese you look out the window and the cows are right there <laughs> it's kind of neat you know so it's humble and quaint and it's not fancy we've just done a lot of cleaning and just you know making sure things are safe and you know, you can't trip on things when you come in. It gets a little muddy still. I don't know yeah. how many loads of gravel we're going to have to bring in here, but it's been about 10 so far. I'm like, really? We need more? Yeah. <laughs> but it gets a little muddy still. <laughs> I was more nervous than anybody about like opening the doors, you know, so, so but we're doing it. <laughs> at this point, are you marketing 100% out of the farm? Yeah. Or do you have a route or someplace that is selling your product? Oh, okay. So no, we're in, we actually started being in retail. So County Fair Food Stores and Mitchell have just, they support local and they have been amazing. And before we were even in our facility, we set up, you know, the holiday season in 2019. We did six weeks, just one day a week for six weeks in a row, we did sampling just to get it out there, let people taste it. So we're probably in, we're in several high V stores, small grocery stores, a few gas stations, some restaurants. We do the Falls Park Farmers Market all summer. We've done that two summers now, every Saturday. That's been a really nice venue for us. So the farm store just opened. <laughs> so, I mean, we've been here and if you knew, if you are our friends and you came by, you can buy cheese, but literally right now next to me, I have two boxes of a direct mail piece that I'm going to send out that says, yes, we're open. <laughs> like I said, we just started invite our store is I mean, when you walk in, you're, we have two coolers set up with our cheese and stuff. But like, if you came here tomorrow, this is also our packaging area, so we would be packaging cheese curds, and you'd be able to see that too. So, We want to take this opportunity to thank our major sponsors, DTE Biomass Energy. DTE Biomass Energy partners with dairy farmers across the country to produce marketable renewable energy by extracting and utilizing digester gas. For more information, you can visit their website, newlook.dteenergy.com. You know, Laura, as you think about all this and, and going forward, and I think, you know, as we've gone through COVID and we've gone through, you know, supply and demand and people have really seen a resurgence on things, what do you think is going to happen down the road? You know, do you think you're going to see, you know, maybe more farms getting into what you're doing, being artisan makers of maybe dairy products or other products. Um, you know, you, you talked about the value added, you know, and so I'm kind of curious about this because we've seen that with a resurgence with COVID and just people taking an interest in local and foods produced yeah. and that they're utilizing them at home. So just kind of curious what you think about that. I think that's probably one of the blessings that came out of everything that's been 2020. I mean, look at look at what happened in the the meat supply food chain and uh we're seeing i've had a lot of people call me actually from that that raised cattle and stuff like hey we saw that you guys got a grant you know how from the value-added producers and how do you how'd you go about that and you know a lot of processing facilities i think are happening 
the dairy farms in South Dakota, it's, you know, it's interesting because there's not a lot of small ones. There just isn't. There's hardly any West. I don't think there's any West River. Yeah. And then, you know, the I-29 corridor is all mega dairies now. So, you know, there's some big cheese plants and, bit, you know, but I don't, I don't think there's a lot of what we have. And I hope, you know, I hope that we see more of it pop up. I'm seeing some neat things, West River, like, you know, different kind of organic farms and, you know, everything from sheep to chickens. I had a, um, oh no, I'm not going to say the name of her company, right? But uh, a chicken farm contact me because they had been at the farmer's market and they need to do their own processing because it can't get in anywhere. So, I mean, I'm old enough to remember back in the day when almost every little town had their own creamery. <laughs> I mean, my, both of my great grandparents worked at the creamery and it, I mean, it was right there in the center of the town. And you know, of course, I'm hoping it'll go back to some of that because I have two new grandbabies and, you know, I want those kind of memories for them. I hate to see rural America die. I mean, it's, that's sad. So I think it's, I think it's going back that way. If it's any indication, just the emails I've gotten this holiday season, we do gift boxes and, you know, shipping all over the place just because people are saying I'm doing all my shopping at small business. So I mean, that about makes you tear up every time because, you know, we need it. And they're, they're, people are seeking it out right now because they're seeing what's happening with closures, how it's affecting small business, but not necessarily chain stores and stuff like that. And I know for us, we're asking people to support a small local business. So we have really made a concentrated effort to do the same too. Like we avoid certain stores and you know, go to the local lumber yard and go, you know, but I mean, it's a change in thinking. It's a, until we get transitioned, I think, because it's not as maybe convenient and maybe a little bit more expensive, but in the long run, it's not. I mean, small business money goes right back to the community, you know. What, uh, what would you tell a family who says, we'd like to do something other than sell our, our milk to the co-op? You know, what's the, first two or three things they have to ask themselves well how much of the family's involved you know because I mean can you know I mean I don't know now that we're into it while his parents wanted this I don't know that they could have kept milking and do a creamery so you know who do you have to support you in this venture and then just learn just see what other people are doing you know what I mean small businesses generally will pay it forward. We had a little creamery from North Dakota come down recently and because they're getting the same bat and that doesn't bother me. I feel like there's room for everyone. <laughs> so do some tours, go see what other people are doing and then decide what's kind of unique about your situation. Like what's your story? Are you going to use, you know, a whole bunch of local farmers milks? Is it co-op? You know, but if you're a family that wants to do it and get involved, I think really just there's some good checklists out there. <laughs> they can find, they can contact me. I, I had a hard time finding stuff, but it's like all of a sudden there's a lot of resources. There's, you know, the DBIA is putting together a lot of links and packets and things like that that I didn't find when I was doing this. And, and so I'm actually a part of some of those groups, which kind of fun to set it up to make it a little easier to do. It's definitely a different kind of business than just milking the cows. So you just got to be ready for all of that, like, and be realistic about 
who's going to do what and how it's all going to flow. Like we actually had to have some meetings at our bank and he had to be the one to say, you guys need to run this and you need to run this. And this is how you can work together. You know, I was going to ask you that. I was sitting here wondering, I'm like, I wonder what the banker thought when you guys went in. You know, I mean, were were they on board? Did you, you know, and obviously you think of small businesses and a lot of people get encouraged, you know, to put together Mm -hmm. um, a business plan and stuff like that. So, you know, what was that like? Everyone, business plans, people are like, oh, I don't know how to do that. There's so many templates and it doesn't have to be in depth when you first start. The business plan just really gives you those categories as a family to say, okay, what about this? What about this? What about this? And use it that way. You can always develop it further instead of being like, oh, I don't want to do, you know, a business plan. Our bank, we ended up with the bank we're at because it's the bank that Chad's parents use. And so he has wholeheartedly been a supporter of trying to keep them okay, you know, and support them through this. So when we came with this idea, he was very interested and very helpful as far as what we need to do. And and then when we got into those family discussions about what does this look like on paper, ownership, stuff like that, honestly, there was advantages for me being 51%, (laughs) being a, you know, a woman owned, I'm partners with Chad, but there were advantages grant wise and so we did it that way and it that's what that's why and we all know that and but you know sometimes those discussions are hard <laughs> especially for I'm coming into the family and we're not married and I'm his part you know so you have to hash that stuff out cuz if you get further down the road and people aren't all on the same page and for us I feel like we've had a lot of pressure of just getting this done so we can help them and and keep them going and nothing ever goes as fast. Maybe I'm the only one that feels that pressure. I don't know, but, but that's been tough and I've needed pep talks from the bank sometimes. So we just ended up with a really great guy, but we all use the same bank and that helped us. I don't know if that would help in every situation, but it definitely helped in ours. Business plan, just sort through it. Pick one person in your family that's going to ask the questions, you know, even if you have to, because I'm telling you, people have been doing something the same way for 50 years, aren't always open to your questions, your, you know, they, sometimes you want this, but if this is not always willing to do this, this, and this, and this, you know, to do it. So I would say in our case, it's, there's been some bumps, but it's, um, it's working out. (laughs) And his mom's, we've always asked her, do you want to do the farmer's market this weekend? And I think that always is this huge boost for her, even though we got to get up at five. She's used to that. Anyways, they're dairy farmers. But to hear people try the product and be excited about it and see our regulars come back. And I mean, that's the boost that she needs to get back to the, you know, go back and deal with some of what is monotony on a, on a dairy farm, but it's fun to see her excited after she's gotten to be in front of the customers a little bit and realize, you know, what's happening out there. My final question would be look down the road five years or 10 years. What are you seeing for farm life? Oh, Fred, you can make me say that out loud. It's a secret. (laughs) Um, we have a three-year plan and a five-year plan. So, uh, a little bit of it's based on the buildings that we have on the property that aren't being used right now. We have this gigantic, beautiful 
well, I mean, it's, there's been cows in it, but the wood, it's a Quonset with wood beams. So the five-year plan is to get that converted into a little cafe, small event center, which, you know, that's really popular right now. So hopefully that holds out as a trend um, where you can come and ice cream shop and a little shop and kind of a community center. There's not a lot of that out here where we are. So I, I think we'll be okay. So we're doing cheese already. We're trying a new cheese tomorrow. We do about five varieties, excuse me, right now, but we're doing a new one tomorrow. We'll be bottling. We should have been bottling in June. COVID messed a lot of things up. So we'll be bottling whole and whole chocolate milk, pasteurized. And then we do a rolled ice cream. We don't have all the equipment and everything to do ice cream, but we make an ice cream mix from our pasteurized milk. And then we have a little rolled ice cream machine. So we do it in front of you. It's more, we don't uh, create tubs you can buy at the store, but we do a lot of events and our machine has wheels and it can travel. So we're working on being mobile with that. So that's all happening right now. You know, I hear you talking a lot about the fact that, you know, you got to have some business plans, it's marketing, it's connections, it's going out. Mm-hmm. exploring learning from others all these things when you start this process and you know you guys have been doing it now what three years I believe just or, two actually just two okay yeah. yeah okay you know time flies but it, you know and yeah. I just I was like trying to think back when you first yeah did a, one of well, our tours we probably and, talked about it for a year and a half before we got rolling yeah got going but, you know thinking about it you know um you guys have really jumped through a lot of hoops and and explored a lot of venues and and gotten out there and i think it's a really great opportunity for our producers small producers um large producers whoever it may be but to add value to their product like you said and so any thoughts that you know if you had the chance to really tell somebody getting into this what would be your big big take home one take home (laughs) get to know your inspector and become friends with them and ask them every single question you have it's better to find out about something than to go really far down the road and spend money and find out it's wrong and they're not always in it to come in and tell you how to do something so just become friends with them use the resources that are now becoming a little more available i i had a hard time finding how to lay it out how to you know where to get the equipment what kind of equipment um a lot of those resources are now available sdsu is you know heather rogers up there i've been working with her a lot ask just ask tons of questions um have honest conversations with your family you know the tough stuff talk about the tough stuff right away don't get because it's not inexpensive we've done we've gotten a lot of our equipment used um, on auctions online auctions unfortunately on farms that have closed once you know what you're looking for you can really find that kind of stuff but it still isn't i mean it's been an investment you know work close with your bank too and i'm available if you have questions i'm happy to answer um you know, not everyone has some a marketing person that, you know, I've done the website and the logo and all of that kind of stuff too, but there's small business people that love to help with that kind of stuff too. So what's unique about your story and then focus on that. Like we, we use milk only from our herd and it's our herd and here they are and, you know, figure out what your little part of your story is. You know, the other thing I was going to say, there are, there is grant money available. Grants are 
hard to write, but as you're, to me, they're accountability. When I write all that down and I submitted that, now I have that, you know, that is your solid, every single detailed business plan from here to here. But we've secured a couple grants and it's helped us a ton. So there's money available to help you too. Well, I like your comment, accountability and grant writing. You're absolutely right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to, to get on here with Fred and I and to visit. This has been a great pleasure to listen to Laura Clock. She is with Farm Life Creamery. They're down by Ethan, South Dakota. Just take and Google Farm Life Creamery if you're looking for them, like to learn more or to visit with them or if you're exploring value added. I-29 MooU is an equal opportunity provider for the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries go to extension.iastate.edu forward slash diversity forward slash ext.